Hey, welcome everyone to episode 85 of Today in the Scene. I'm Joe with Indie Arcade Wave, and I just want to say thank you for checking us out. If you like what we're doing here at Indie Arcade Wave and you haven't already liked, shared, or subscribed, we appreciate you doing that. It helps us just keep bringing episodes. We'll keep bringing them for you. And this week, we're going to get a new perspective on the arcade scene. We've had a lot of developers. We've had arcade owners. We've had people that are running conventions. We're going to get the viewpoint of an arcade technician this week. So... I was lucky enough to get a current world record holder in two games, as well as the best technician in South Florida, uh, Neil Hernandez. You can find him working all the time over at Flynn's Arcade in Margate, Florida, uh, Arcade Odyssey in Orlando. I know they have multiple locations, and then Glitch Bar in Fort Lauderdale. So I guess without further ado, here's Neil. Ta-da! <laughs> How are you doing, man? Very good, Joe. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. I'm glad to have you on here. I know we met uh, Bumble Bash. No, not Bumble Bash. Um, Queen's Gone Wild 2020 was the last time I was down there. Yeah. Um, and that's when we met for the first time and just got to chatting. And it was you cool dude. So I was like, why don't we bring a technician on here that I know that we can we can ask a bunch <laughs> of questions. Yep. All right. So first question, super easy. Introduce yourself. Just let us know a little bit about Neil and kind of who you are. Well, uh, my name is Neil Hernandez. I'm an arcade technician full-time, and um, this is what I do. I fix broken games all day, and it's getting better and better every day. <laughs> um, I've been doing this for, what, uh, i say close to 10 years. I mean, I, I got to look back at the calendar. It's probably close to 9, 10 years now doing this. Um, but, yeah, um, it's a fun ride. It's a very fun ride. Yeah, and you get to work at a lot of really cool arcades. Like, down there in South Florida, they have... A ton of really cool arcades. Um, every single one of them is so different. Like you look at Arcade Odyssey, and they're they're all about like the art, the anime scene, lots of different games. And then Flynn's is all about like um, they've got their Gundam building, they've got D and D board games. Yeah, they're paid. often they're off on their own world. They've got like fighting game down. tournaments and stuff. And then Glitch Bar being like one of the few arcades in the country that has every indie. Like they've they've pretty much got every, every single, single indie. indie, every single indie, every single one. Um, but yeah, when it comes down to the other, it's been a while. Um, I haven't gone to the other places. I've been mostly, um, full time with glitch, you know, for a while now, but the, you know, you'll, you'll see me pop into arcade odyssey and, and Flynn's every once in a while, just to say hi to the guys and check up on the new games or whatever they, you know, they, whatever they have. But yeah, um, mostly I'm, I'm full time at glitch. This is my, this is my baby is what I would say. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> I've been home here base. since. Yeah, this is home base. Um, I would clearly, you know, I could probably say that I've been here since the beginning um, when Glitch first opened the door. Um, they were actually in a different location over in Fort Lauderdale, in downtown Fort Lauderdale. And I met Dwight and I met Chris and I met Joe and I met everybody on the other end, on the other buildings. And um, I just, I walked in and it's been a, a match made in heaven. <laughs> I love Dwight. I love Chris. I love all these guys. So. So yeah, every once in a while, you know, I I always um tend to just be working in the background. Nobody gets to see me, but it's that's not a problem, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, just speaking on glitch, like those guys are super easy to get along with. They're super cool, super chill. Um, I could see that being a really easy working relationship. And I guess my my next question for you is going to be: How did you get into arcade games? Like, what are some of your early memories as to that pulled you into that arcade scene? Well, it, it all started with, with something so simple, and not everybody knows how I got started, but um, I was in the third or fourth grade. I'm pretty sure it was the fourth grade. Um, I was probably eight, 
nine years old and my grandfather taught me how to solder. And, you know, I had, um, I would watch him fix stuff. And I was like, well, what's that? And he's like, well, it's solder. I'm like, what do you, what, what does it do? And he's like, no, it connects this and makes the connection and it, things come back to life. And, you know, he's explaining everything more or less to me. And man, next thing you know, I just never forgot how to solder. But then this was, mind you, you go through your middle schools and you don't have to solder. And then you go through high school and you don't have to solder. And then I start working for the cruise line industry. And I was there for 10 years. And easily four or five years out of that, I had to solder here and there. You know, I had to like actually connect something, you know, within the last two departments I worked for. And next thing you know, I have no idea. They, the, one of my bosses sent me to go get parts uh, out, of a, out of a business by the name of Brady Distribution. They're, they're no longer in business, but um, they sent me off to go get parts at Brady. And I met a gentleman by the name of Enzo. And when I get there, their whole showroom is just loaded with games. And I'm like, oh, I'm in the right place. I got I to gotta figure this out. I just I got this nostalgia punch in the face. And um, next thing you know, I, I just saw that. And then I started going around and started looking at the old companies and what was, what was actually around, right? And um, I found out there was another company arcade game shows there in Fort Lauderdale, just north of here. And I met Rob through Enzo. And from the grapevines, I start practicing and soldering some more. And then you start troubleshooting and, you know, changing fuses, power supplies, you're checking on chips. And, and all these things started blossoming. And then one thing led to another. I picked up my first Miss Pac-Man cocktail. And that's when, that's when everything happened. That's when like, Everything just kind of connected. My, I bought a Miss Pac-Man for like a hundred bucks. And my dad just thought I was nuts. And he's like, oh, you're crazy. You know, every Cuban parent, he's like, oh, you know, this is, this is nuts. This is crazy. You're, you've lost your marbles. <laughs> and I fixed it. I literally, I fixed everything that was wrong with it. Little by little, I, you know, I watched a couple, um, I did a lot of reading on the internet. Um, there's a lot, a couple forums online that you could actually just, guys, do repair logs. And it says, well, why did this? I did this, this, this to get to this because of this. And I would read so much and it got really absorbed. I mean, really, I would just read at night, all these guys repairing stuff. And I just want to know how it was. And it just started blossoming even more. And then was the magic, the magic, uh, where the magic aha happened. Somebody through word of mouth found out that I had this Miss Pac-Man working at my house. And somebody offered me a stupid number, like this, this, this dumb number that I just could not say no to. Like, I was just like, no, there's no way that someone's going to give me five times the amount of what I paid or six times the amount of times what I paid for something that was broken. And then I told my dad, man, you better come over here and you, I need the help, you know, to load the machine. And when my dad saw these guys popping out, you know, all the cash, he's like, aha, <laughs> this is good. <laughs> you know, and he's like, no, nah, you got lucky. And I go, lucky. It's going to go from there. And this, you know, it just started blossoming some more. And then next thing you know, you know, through the grapevines, I, I just keep on going and keep on going. And then I found Dwight and Chris opening up Glitch Bar. And, you know, they had uh, somebody, but that somebody was always busy with something else and, you know, just didn't have the time. So I talked to Dwight and Chris. I said, man, I'm your guy. If you want me here, I'm going to be here. 
And next thing you know, I started fixing their games. And next thing you know, the Glitch Bar has been the way it is. Um, a lot of people don't know it, but when you walk into Glitch Bar, very rarely we have a machine down. And that's because I try to bulletproof them as much as possible. Um, build them as robust, you know, keep them up, you know, make sure the power supplies are well, you know, and that's how you run an arcade, you know? So yeah, I've just been a busy bee over here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's cool that it started out so small with just like that one Miss Pac-Man you and, picked up. And it just, and it just blossomed from there. I, I was like, all right, we're into something, right? I mean, you find it, you fix it, you learn you can fix it, and then you see the money, and you're like, "Oh, okay, like I could actually turn this into something that I can do exactly. for a living." Exactly. I was like, "Oh, I could do this for a living," you know. And since you're already talking about glitch so much, let's uh, let's talk about the joke that's running at glitch. So <laughs> the running the running joke. <laughs> yeah, I wanna the I wanna hear the joke. story behind this. So I um, I went with some friends to Australia, and um, we were at the Australian Kong off over there and um, a friend of mine, which whatever uh, it's Bill Mitchell wins the Australian Kong off anyways. And after the event, we go to a sanctuary for animals and I've never held a koala in my hand at all. I mean, I didn't not even pet a kangaroo, but I got to do that at the sanction. So I go ahead and I take this picture and I, you know, I put it on the internet. Hey, when you're in, in, in Australia, Please go ahead and, and hold the koala. I said something like that. So this is the photo with my name on it. Mind you, it looks like a funeral photo, right? Like something like when somebody <laughs> passed away, this is the, the this is the photo that they put, right? Like this is like, oh God. But this was in the in glitch bar for like two weeks before I noticed. They had it somewhere where I didn't even like it was in a corner. And then every once in a while you would hear someone say something. And like, hey Neil, did you see your new photo? I'm like, what new photo? What do you what are you guys talking about? I had no idea. And it was up there for like two weeks until somebody just pointed it out. And it was up on top of the Galaga machine. Because the Galaga at one point was mine. So they put it on top of the Galaga. And here's this thing on top of the, uh, here's the photo on top of the Galaga. And I'm like, you sons of bitches. You grabbed the image from, from my <laughs> Facebook post. And you, and you put this photo. And then we noticed that this is pre-COVID, right? We noticed that um, everybody uh, was just talking about it. You're right. It just kept going. So Joe, one of the managers, decides to buy this lifelike koala, which is this guy. <laughs> so we have this koala and then you see people doing this, you know, and, and having taking pictures, too. And I'm like, oh, so it's just like one of these running jokes. Well, the running joke keeps going. Right. So here's a brand new hologram <laughs> sticker that says official Neil Hernandez seal of approval. No if, ands or buts. Because when I when I do something or I tell Dwight something, I'm like, hey, we're going to do this. No ifs, ands, or buts. Forget about it. You know? And and I will say that to Dwight. And he managed to grab that, you know, what, what I say to him from time to time. And he slapped it on the sticker. Now I have to, like, find places to put the sticker, right? Like, it's... <laughs> but, yeah, that's the running joke, the koala joke. So, you know, the koala, um, the koala strikes again, you know? I'm sure they're going to find a... Something else. I'm sure Dwight is going to come up with something. And let's. What can we use this photo? And how can we exploit this joke any better? Right? Like just throw it again. You know, it's, it's going to happen. To me, it's, it's hilarious. It's going to end up on the next Ta- uh, with, high with classic these guys, board. You, oh man, with these guys. <laughs> oh, with these guys, they always have a joke. That's that's the awesome part of working at Glitch. Dwight, Chris, and Joe, they always have a joke. You know, like, and we're all jokesters. We'll joke around. Yeah. But this one. I'm the only employee that has this at the at Glitch Bar, and I'm the only employee 
that has this, you know, hung that glitch bar. And it's, it's just hilarious. It gets to a point where it's just too fun. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun spot. I mean, there's, there's no doubting that. And yep. I guess I'm, I'm curious about your world records. Let's talk about those. Um, oh, oh wow. You, uh, you've mentioned the those. Cruising, the Cruising USA. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I got the Cruising USA. That hit front page. Uh, it was, yeah, Cruising USA, LA Freeway. That was awesome. That took, that took me a couple months to hit because we found out that Cruising USA wasn't just made for like world records. It was actually made to take your money. Literally all these games were made to take your money. That's the purpose. So free play really didn't really exist. They didn't want to do a free play. They'd rather you go ahead and give us your money. That's what we want. We want your money. So imagine just a greedy guy says, okay, let's make a video game, but we're going to take the kids' money. So what happens in Cruising USA, after you played it X amount of times, you're going to notice you might get in a good lap after like third try. After that, the level goes through the roof. So you can never, you can never get a world record if you keep consistently playing it like 30 times. So what we did, you know, you, you would have to shut down the machine and turn it on. And then that's when the machine is like, okay, I'm ready to go for the day. And that's when you have to start beating up the machine right off the gate. And we figured that out. So that happened on Cruising USA. Um, for Off-Road Challenge, um, Off-Road Challenge, there's two tracks, uh, Baja, and I can't remember the other one. Um, this happened years ago. But um, the Baja track and the other one, both Off-Road Challenges ended up in the Guinness Book of World Records um, in the Gamers Edition. And the way that I found that out, I never got an email from anybody. It was just like, you know, um, I ended up buying uh, the book because my friend Daniel Rodriguez at the time was the current world record holder for Galaga fast shot um, for, uh, for Galaga. And I bought the book and I open it and I'm there scrolling and I go, Oh wow. Look, here you go, Danny. I'm here next to him. I go, here's your name, Danny. Boom. And then I look down and I'm like, Oh shit, I got two tracks and I got both my tracks came in right at the end. And I was just very happy um, that I could say that I'm in the Guinness Book of World Records for, you know, for the two tracks. And that's cool. Um, if you go to their website, their website still confirms that that's, that's it. You know, the, the off-road challenge, it's me. And they, they put the time on there and everything. It's on their website still currently. I mean, it's been there for years. And that's pretty cool. Maybe I, I'll have kids one day. And they're like, oh, or, or my sister's kids, are going, they're going to actually look up on this. And they're going to be like, this guy, you know, he's in the Guinness Book of World Records. How many people do you know is in the Guinness Book of World Records, right? You know, at least I'm not in there for like eating hot dogs or something. You know, like, I, <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely cool to get that recognition for for getting that world record and being in there. And it's I thought awesome. that was that was unique, especially for someone that like loves working on games and being in the repair side of it. And that kind of branches into my next question, which is, I don't know too much about your own personal collection, but what is the rarest arcade game that you've ever worked on? And what are some that you're really happy you were able to get working again? Oh, man. Oh, to tell you the truth, the Monaco GP. That's at, the, that's at the house. Oh, actually, the track and field. The track and field and the Monaco, both. Um, one day, a gentleman posts up. That he had two Monaco GPs. These little small racing games. They're, they're really cool, but you can't play the game on MAME. It's only TTL. Uh, it's it's a different technology of the time. You can't pull the you can't dump the ROMs technically onto main. It, it will never work. Well, Monaco GP is this little car, and you're driving, 
and you have to avoid the racing cars and you get points. That's it. Um, since the boards are all TTL technology, um, literally what happens is um, throughout the years, all these TTLs start actually fading. And when this gentleman had this Monaco GP up for sale, he had two of them. And I, I literally said, man, you know what? I need to disconnect. I'm going through a lot, you know, at the time. I said, man, I don't mind driving to Texas from Miami. And I'm just going to take my time. I'm going to drive from Miami to Texas, grab these two machines, and I'm going to come back. And I could I could repair these things. And that's what I, like, focused on. And everybody thought I was nuts. But I drove from Miami all the way to Dallas, grabbed two uh, Monaco GPs, and brought them back to Miami. One of them literally had um, a good board. The thing is, nobody knew it was a good board. It was just kind of full of dust. And and uh, there was a couple of solder traces I'd need to redo and reflow a couple of things. And it, and it fired up. Um, also, the, the harness, the harness itself, um, they weren't connected. They were just, you had a harness and the cables were just popped out. It looks like somebody must have pulled the whole tray out and just, you know, pulled the cables out of the out of place. And with no manual, I, I was kind of hosed at that point. But luckily, a buddy of mine, Marcel, shows up to my house and he had this perfect uncut, um, he had this perfect uncut harness. And I started doing a pinout from there. And I must have been doing that for eight hours. Easy. I was there all day just working on the on the pinouts and pinouts and pinouts. And once I was confirmed that I had every single pinout done, I fired up the machine and then went from there. And the machine is still in my house still to this day. Um, it was actually in a hip-hop video, believe it or not. Uh, there was a Latin hip-hop artist that recently asked, asked for X amount of games. And it's actually in, um, in a hip-hop video. Eventually, you're probably going to see the video eventually. Um, I don't know the gentleman's uh, tag name or whatever, but it was a pretty good production. Um, but yeah, the, the Monaco, um, the Monaco monitor came up fine. The whole harness was redone. So right now that machine is, um, is in my collection and I really, really love it. Um, I will tell you one thing, whenever this hip hop video comes out, I will be more than happy to send it to you <laughs> so you can see more of the games that I had in there. All right. So obviously the Monaco is, is super rare and you're super happy to have brought that all the way back from Dallas to Miami, fixed yep. it, got it working, got it in a hip-hop video. What other games are in your collection? Like, let's hear about some of the crazy things that you've got that other people might want. Uh, man, I got, I have a nice cold beer. I have three Neo Geos, are probably the rarest Neo Geos you can find. Uh, one model is called the SC19. It's just a little small white and blue cabinet. It was in Japan for children, and that's one of them. The mini for the mini Neo Geo is another one. It's about a red. It's a red one about wee high, really small. And then there's another Neo Geo called the Neo Geo Goldie. And the Neo Geo Goldie is uh, it's all wood grain. If you look at it from the side, you're like, that's not a Neo Geo. But you know what? It was a Neo Geo, and it's awesome because the monitor is up on top. So when you're fighting, it's right in front of your face. So you don't have to bend down or point down to look. It's literally in your face, up on the top, and you are going at it with your friends. And it's probably one of the best fighting cabinets to have in the house because, you know, it's right in front of your face. Um, what a, Another machine that I have that gets played a lot, and I just have to have it because if I ever sell it, I get 
you know, I'll be assassinated. Uh, I have a, what's called a reunion class of 1981, uh, class of eight, 1981 reunion, Miss Pac-Man Galaga cabaret. And that thing gets beat up every time somebody comes to the house, every single time. Um, what else do I have? I have one, two, three, four, five. I have five Donkey Kongs in the house. <laughs> each one with a different story. E- every Each one has a different history behind it. There's always something else behind it. It's like, whatever. One of them is a, a red Donkey Kong, a red Donkey Kong cabinet. And uh, it's just one of the first Donkey Kongs to come off the line, um, you know, when Donkey Kong was made. And uh, to me, it, I think it's just so... I think it's just so awesome to have one of those pieces of history there, right? In my opinion. Um, hmm, what else do I have? Oh, the track and field. So I was born and raised in Hialeah, which is a town just, just north of Miami. And um, in Hialeah, there was a arcade factory, believe it or not. And the company name was Centurion. So if you look up your game Phoenix, Petus, uh, Time Pilot, swimmer um there's i mean multiple games came out of centauri i mean i mean they they had a good collection come out and these these games all were made in hialeah not only that but there's also another game track and field so track and field you would hit two buttons and run as quickly as possible and you were like a triathlon of sorts but it was it's track and field all the cabinets were made in Hialeah, and I got one of the rare ones. Um, in my um, in my collection, the track and field is an actual cocktail cabinet with the riser, so it's actually up high, uh, made for adults, a little bit more for adults, not children, to actually run. Um, and that one is also going to be in this hip hop video. Apparently, um, they used it as a centerpiece, and that was my cabinet. And um, it's pretty cool that I, that I have a working track and field. That That's really sought after throughout the collectors. After that, um, pinballs. Hmm. So as of now is the Ghostbusters, and I just picked up a Playboy and Deadpool. That's pretty not bad. So my collection's still going. Yeah, I mean, obviously the collection's always going. You're working on games constantly. Deals come up. You hear about things. You're gonna go after it if you want it Listen, obviously you drove broken, to, you if, drove to dallas if, so. it, if it's broken i want it because i'm gonna fix it <laughs> <laughs> and i mean that's obviously just the technician in you is you see something broken you want to bring it back to life fix it you know and then some do it through what yeah like some guys have this thing where i have to play this game mm-hmm. right like oh i have to play this game but wait a second you come to a point you're like wait a second who fixes it and that's where i come in because that's where my brain starts cooking i'm like what went wrong i want to try to fix it and that's literally in anything that we do here like the alarm system dwight one day asked me to move the alarm system from one place to the other and he's like you know how to do this the cabling and i'm like yeah so i started and i'm looking at it and i just disconnect it and put it back in he goes all right now you're an alarm technician okay <laughs> you know it's just like <laughs> so it's just the thing in me to always fix something which is insane you know got it yeah keeping yourself busy um i guess busy be as a technician you already you already told me that like you went with billy mitchell to a different um to the the kong world yep. um, uh, yeah, whatever that kong was off. exactly yeah that one in, in australia what about conventions like what kind of conventions in florida do you go to or i guess anywhere in the world um actually you you wouldn't be surprised to tell you but i travel um i like my traveling i'm 
as of now, I'm single, so I don't have, you know, anything holding me back. Um, you will always find me at Free Play Florida. The guys at Free Play Florida, I love them to death. Um, and they love me, maybe. I hope so. <laughs> um, I've been to the Florida Free Play. I've been to Southern Fried. I've been to Arcade Expo over in California. Um, I went to the Texas Pinball Show like what, last month. So that um, that's another one. Um, as for, I do travel and I, I tend to go to arcades, believe it or not. So I try to, I try to visit arcades because I always want to see what they have, um, what they have, or is there a game that is doing well for them? And we should think about putting it at glitch bar. Now you might notice that at glitch bar, we don't have any driving games. Um, there's a good reason behind it. Um, the seat, like where you actually sit was always filled with drink. <laughs> And somebody was just be drinking and I don't know. I just, every time somebody wanted to take a, the drive cruising USA or cruising world, it never lasted anything. So here at glitch bar, we have a couple rules and, and everyone kind of has to go based on what I had to say because of expertise and, and basically telling people, Hey, listen, this is not a good idea to bring this game because it would break. Um, we've had a couple different games. Um, what was it? Ivan Stewart's off-road and people loved it. It was an awesome game. It didn't last a month. Somebody broke the steering wheel. They were spinning it too hard, and they don't care. You know, that's <laughs> what I, I, my, it's just one of those things that I, I told Dwight, I said, man, we can't do this like this. We can't be doing this every week because there's no parts for these guys. So I came up with a plan to just have joysticks and buttons. And if it has a joystick and buttons, we're going to have it. You know, anything with like a trackball is tough. Like Golden T has a trackball. Uh, Golden T has a trackball, and we have it. But we have a ball back up at the office because if not, you know, we can't run these things. Um, there's different things that we, you know, we come up with, you know. Yeah, and that's that's <laughs> smart to be kind of keep your options controlled. So you have a lot enough, enough parts to fix things. But you also don't have stuff yep. breaking down all the time. I mean, that's a good point with your, you guys are a bar and an arcade and they mesh together very quickly. And when you have drinks and alcohol use next to cabinets, things can go wrong very quickly. And yep. um, that, that made me laugh. Cause there was, there was one day when Joe texted me about galactic battleground and he's like, Hey, <laughs> we're missing a joystick. Somebody on spring break stole a joystick from us. Somebody. Oh, that's the other thing. People, they, 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 I don't know. I guess they get aggressive when they lose, but you know, the, the joystick, I mean, some joysticks <laughs> are really robust. Right. I mean, for you to pull it off, that's, it's hard, yeah. But I guess the one in Galactic Battleground, I guess the the E spring was probably halfway out, and when he pulled it, he he got lucky. Yeah. But, so but yeah, you know, we, it's just we always sent, something. You know? I think we sent another like five or six. We were like, here's one for now, and then here's some backups in case anything happens again. Oh well, remember you, at Glitch Bar, it's complete. Like you could, we could have a row of stuff. Just every time it's different. Every time something breaks. I mean, usually if something breaks, it's either a button or a joystick, and that's pretty cool. And then um, when we do the joysticks and buttons, that's fine. But if there becomes like something rare, like armed and gelatinous, those joysticks and armed and gelatinous, I can't find them anymore. Right. So whenever that goes, we're going to have a problem, but we'll figure something out eventually. And we're going to may have to convert it to something, you know, who knows? So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the indies, I guess, are, are something else that I wanted to talk to you about as, as a technician that's worked on all these different games, all these different structures. Um, what is it? that you like about indies when it, when it comes to having to fix a problem and what do you like about indies in general? Like just 
continuing the arcade scene and these new games that are coming out? You know, the, the indie guys, the indie guys are out there, man. They're, they're on, on cloud nine at times. I mean, their, their brain just works on a different level. Like black emperor. I remember when we got black emperor, the fan wasn't pointing the right direction. Like I remember, um, that's one thing, like the middle fan, like, right. That one. Yeah. That the one. Big one. Yeah. Yeah. The big one has a fan and it's supposed to blow out and you're supposed to feel this air. And when we got it, it wasn't blowing air. It was sucking air <laughs> in. And nobody, nobody really noticed it. And then I, I had to dismantle the whole sucker, like all the way. Like to me, it's all the same. You're going to dismantle it, go all the way. Right. So I dismantled it, put it back together again. Now the fans pointing the real winds. When you play it, you get the air in your face, you know, it's like, Oh, wow. Um, Killer Queen, uh, actually, the guys, I didn't come up with this. This is a hell of an idea. I think it was Joe and his crew. Um, they have these discs, and they go over the button. And, you're, you know, you're able to do the, the, you know, your feathering, I guess what you guys call feathering. Mm-hmm. And they start pressing the buttons, but you're not busting up the overlay. You're just right. hitting the button. And I thought that was a hell of a way to fix the problem. Because if not, everybody's overlay is going to be shot, right? Right. We, you know, to come to change out a whole overlay on a, on an arcade, that's just brutal. That's brutal labor there. Um, so Killer Queen. Oh, we have Downwell. I don't know if you knew about that. Uh, oh, yep, I, wait. I did. I did interview you, him. You, yeah. you had a conversation with uh, with Joey. Mm-hmm. So you remember at one point, I think in his um, in his interview, he said, "Oh, the arcade mafia." Well, ah, ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. So I was just pulled to get him in. Um, I remember I was talking to Dwight and. Joey's like, you think he's going to want this? And I'm like, yeah, I think so. And he's like, you sure? And I'm like, I think, I think I can make it happen. So I called up Dwight and I go, man, I got this game that it's done. Like, it's almost done. I had to help Joey throw the team holding and it, it plays pretty good. And he's like, well, I don't know. And I said, man, let's have it in, bro. It's, it's just like, it's the only one. So mm-hmm. we might as well just have it in there. The game still gets played every day. Downwell is just one of those cool games that, you know, it just gets played every day. And to fix it, Usually the button or the joysticks, and that that's the awesome part. You know, a lot of the indie game the, the indie games are catching up to qualities, and and it's good. Uh, Switch and shoot is the other fun one. It's just one button. Yep. This thing can't go wrong. Somebody spills a beer, pop out the button, clean it, make sure there's no syrup in there. You know, and I I thought that was just so so awesome of a of an indie game to have. Um, Cosmotrons, that's another four player awesome game. I love the Cosmotrons. Cosmotrons to me was awesome. I forgot the gentleman's name. Uh, it was Shane or Sean? Yep, I, I, Shane. Shane did an awesome job with Cosmotrons. And um, I've been lucky to work on two Cosmotrons. One was located in Orlando, a private collector. And the second one's here at Glitch. And and that game is just awesome. You know what I mean? Like the guys make sure whenever they bring in or they, they – um, they make the system. They just make it as bulletproof as possible, mm-hmm. or I call it stupid proof. Because if you stupid proof it, that's it. There's nothing. Nothing else could go wrong. That's just one of those things that I uh, that I like. You know, if you could stupid proof it, even better. You know, joysticks, buttons, bulletproof it, done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I I thought that was really cool. Just finding out about that Downwell cabinet because I know I've seen other people make it. I've never seen it in an arcade. Like they made it for their personal collection. Not like that. And once yeah, I Joey, saw that, Joey came off. Joey came off on left field from that one. He's like, "Man, I got something in the office. I want you to see it." And I'm like, "Hmm, let's see what it is." And I go, and he goes, "Well, it's like this type of game and this type of game, and, and but you're going down a well." And I'm like, 
I go and I want and I start playing it and I'm like, yes, this is something we could have at Glitch. But I told him, we need to do this like this. And he goes, well, why not like this? And I go, no, 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 one joystick, the button, like leave it as basic as possible for me. He's like, why? And then he found out why because somebody spilled beer all over his thing and we had to clean it, obviously. But you know, everybody learns, you know. But I, I, I could guide you, you know, even better, right? Right. And and Downwell actually, I don't know if you saw the interview with Tony from Deathball, but he said Downwell was a huge inspiration for him when making Deathball and working on the mechanics of how the wizards move and play and all that stuff. So yep. it was, I was so happy to see that come full circle and someone to build a Downwell cabinet. And there's, um, I don't know if I'm at will to say anything, but we've been, I I have friends that they're still building other indie games and other, their own little things. And I just hope they, they, they pull it off. But um, if they have another indie game coming up, um, it chances are it's going to come here where they all belong. They all belong in one spot, at least. The cool thing is Dwight has had all these indie games here for years and we keep them up. Um I'm not sure if you, you knew about the extension harness for the Killer Queen. The Killer Queen's supposed to be back to back and it's probably got like three inches of, of uh, three inches of cable basically. It's really short. Well, I don't know how he managed to convince the guys at Killer Queen to go ahead and build them a, an extension harness. I don't know, about three, four feet wide. And um, you know, Dwight started working on it and he noticed that not all the cables were right. Like there's a point where the cables are not connected. So I had to literally pin this thing out. I've never had, I don't have the schematic to figure it out. It would have been a little easier, but um, our Killer Queen actually has an extension harness and it's sandwiched in between a a metal pole. And um, we have it working perfectly fine. So people were able to play Killer Queen for uh, God knows how long without no audio. Only one side had audio. Then with the extension and all that, when I finished pinning it out and putting all the connectors together, we we're back in business. And man, I would just, tears came out of my eye. I was like, oh my God, that's the, the hardest hour and a half of, of, you know, figuring this out with cables. And it just, it was, you know, it's just brutal some, from time to time on certain cabs, you know? But the satisfaction of getting that thing working oh, and all the, the people way. that play it, like it's, all it's so worth it, right? You know what? A Mondays, Mondays used to be, I used to call it fight night. You know, they, they call it uh, Monday draft night. I call it yep. fight night. Because, man, sometimes, oh, bro. They have Mondays, there would be, like, short one player, and they're like, hey, Neil, you think if you if you leave work, you think you could help us out, play a little bit of Killer Queen? I'm like, okay, I'll play Killer Queen. And I'll jump in there, and, man, these guys are brutal. And I'm not, I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm not the type of guy to be playing Killer Queen or all these games all day, but I'm pretty good at, at all of them. And here comes, you know, these people asking me to play, and, I'm just always happy to to make them happy. You know, just keep the machines up and running, and it's always nice. It's fun to play. Those guys down in South Florida are good. I mean, they're they're really good. Oh yeah. Oh, they take they take it serious. I mean, they they scream at each other, they tell each other everything. It looks like they they're literally going to get into a fight, and that's where the whole fight night thing came out right. of me. I was like, oh, this is fight night here. <laughs> you know. Awesome. Well, I think that's everything that I had for you, Neil. Um, I guess just shout out any social medias if you want people to check you out, and I guess any hype that you want to give to any of the arcades you're working at? Um, right now I just been, uh, my, my social life has been a little private. Uh, my Instagram is Neo HDZ and, uh, my Facebook is private and my TikTok's private. So if you, if you want to follow me, it's Neo N E I L H D Z. And, um, 
but it's it's technically private it's not public but um i just like my private life like that um but if you are into the arcade repair stuff and you want to see all my my gags and stuff that we do follow me and that's not a problem right i'll add you <laughs> awesome well thanks for coming on neil um and i guess before we wrap everything up i wanted to give one shout out to the shirt you're wearing oh um, the morty combat the, the morty, morty combat, combat shirt hold on <laughs> the morty combat that was awesome such a good one love no, to I see gotta it give a, I, I do gotta give a shout out to the guys because they call me every once in a while to give them helping hands so uh shout out to glitch bar to flins over eddie at flins uh, he's always awesome eddie, eddie and will eddie's the dude yep eddie and will they're both awesome guys and uh arcade odyssey obviously the last standing arcade on tokens which is insane for me to say that um I'm not sure if you've ever been to Arcade Odyssey. I haven't been to Arcade Odyssey. I, I haven't been to gladly, Flynn's either, and I've talked to Eddie a bunch of times. Man, I will gladly tell you. It's it's funny because each each one has its own niche. It's Each one has its own niche, and they're separate enough from everybody, and everyone just survives. And I'm yeah. like, okay, not bad. You know, obviously we have Dave and & Buster's and Chuck E. Cheese's or whatever. That, that, you know, that's often left field. That's completely different, but it's it's always nice that, you know, from time to time, I get a call from Eddie. He's like, "Hey, man, you got a minute? I gotta, ask, I gotta pick your brain. You know, I got this problem. What do you think it is? You know, and everybody does the same, right? So that's all. But I appreciate the the interview, Joe. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for coming on, on man. And uh, for <laughs> anybody that's still watching, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. We appreciate it. it. Helps us grow. He helps us keep moving. And until next time, peace. Later, guys. <laughs> <laughs>